Hello, this is Jane Stavum, Superintendent of the Sioux Falls School District, and this is our podcast. Join us for an audible look inside the Sioux Falls School District, where we'll put a spotlight on the people, places, and practices of our district. Hello, everybody. This is Jane Stavum, and welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to do things a little bit differently and instead of having a guest here with us live, we are actually going to pitch it over to a recent conversation that the South Dakota Public Broadcasting team had with our teachers as part of a series they're doing on teacher talks. It's educators talking about public education with a lot of different themes over the next few weeks. We want to make sure that you're part of that, so take a listen. So I want to ground you in what's gonna you're gonna hear next, which is South Dakota's average ACT scores have been slowly dropping since 2020, but we have an average of around 21.5, and that means our students are faring better than the national average, which is really 19.5. Right now, about 60% of state high school graduates are taking the test, but that is about to change because the Department of Education Secretary Joe Graves recently announced the ACT will become the standard test for juniors across the entire public school system that will begin in the 2025 school year. Now, lawmakers had planned on taking up this cause, this legislative session, but they tabled a bill requiring the ACT once Secretary Graves made his announcement. And of course, we wanted to know what teachers thought about that change. So for today's Teacher Talk, Gina Benz and Jackie Wilbur discussed the potential impact. Gina Benz is a teacher at Roosevelt High School in Sioux Falls and a recipient of the Milken Educator Award. Jackie is director of the Center of Student and Professional Services at the University of South Dakota. We recorded this conversation yesterday. So here we are. We'll start with when I asked Gina, how do you describe the ACT and what exactly it is as a test? Most people would say it's a college admissions test. Uh, The SAT would be similar, though they have differences. The ACT is given in a three, three and a half hour time period every couple months on a Saturday morning. Students can score a maximum of 36 points on it. That's considered a perfect score. Uh, And most people don't know it, but the score can go all the way down to one or zero. Our state average has been a 21.1, and the current national average is a 19.5. The test examines students' abilities in English, reading, science, and math. And what is it replacing now? What did we used to do? Well, we've had something called Dakota Step. We've had Mm. something called Smarter Balance. And I think the current one is a lot like Smarter Balance, but we don't use that term anymore. And it's been a computer-based test. In our school, for instance, students spend three mornings taking the test. So they do writing, reading, math, science. And it takes three mornings of our school days And that's just for the juniors, but it also ends up disrupting school for seniors, freshmen, and sophomores. And then the scores, the DOE collects the scores, and those impact our school report cards, which can be found at the DOE website. Jackie Wilbur, I want to bring you into the conversation because before we dig into the impact that this change will have on students, on families, on on teachers and schools, um, what... When you think about testing, are some of the important things to evaluate 
when you're making choices about testing, broadly speaking, help us get our minds around why this matters, and mm-hmm. then we'll break and then we'll break down what exactly is going to happen next. Sure. Well, I mean, some testing is mandated, right? And so the reason that South Dakota gives tests to juniors across the state annually is because that's a state-mandated testing requirement. Um, and so those things have implications for funding. Um, like Gina said, it gets reported. Um, so those scores are broadly available um, from kind of a, a pie-in-the-sky look at things. We're trying to assess how well our students are doing, right? And so when we're thinking about testing, we want to know, does this test actually do that? Does it show us the information that we're trying to learn about our students and how well they're understanding these concepts of reading and writing and math and social studies. Um, and so those are some things to think about. And then I also think being we're becoming more aware of who makes these tests, who benefits from from these test scores, who benefits from the, the financial gain of, of paying for tests. Um, those are some things that I think people are now starting to consider in a new way. All right. So, Gina, you're a fan of this change. I am a huge fan. Tell me why. So I, I think I've been wanting this for about 10 years. It was in 2016 when I first asked the South Dakota Department of Education, the DOE, why we aren't doing this already because other states have been doing this for a long time. And uh, I've been, and then I asked again a few years later, and I know that it's not just me. I know that the administrators at my school and in my district like this idea as well. So why? When I watch juniors take the state assessment, it's very obvious that some of them don't care at all because the state assessment as it is for juniors has no impact on their lives. It impacts their school, but it does not impact their own lives like an ACT does with regard to college admission and even more so because it is true many colleges aren't requiring ACT scores anymore but scholarships are big time still. So anyhow, we teachers, we watch these students, and some of them, they get done in 15 minutes, while others get done (laughs) in 90. And you know that the ones getting done in 15 minutes, it's not because they are the genius who can just answer questions really quickly. It's because they're making a decision that there's other things that are more important to them in their lives than this test right now. High schoolers have a lot going on. For some of them, it's an actual scheduling thing. They have a lot going on in their lives, but some of them have a lot going on in their heads and their hearts. Mm -hmm. And to focus and care about an exam that doesn't impact them, it, it seems like a bad choice when they have other really, really big deal things happening in their lives. Okay, so does Jackie, does this benefit college-bound students, and if so, in what ways? I think that there will obviously be conflicting views on whether this will benefit college students or not, but from the perspective of opening a door that maybe doesn't currently exist for a student, um, as Gina wrote in the blog, the changing the from the current state standard test to an ACT is also providing a free ACT opportunity to every student who's a junior across the state. So not everyone currently takes the ACT and now these students would have a score that they previously didn't. Um, To be admitted to the University of South Dakota, for example, a student needs to either have a 2.6 GPA, be in the top 50% of their high school graduating class, or have an ACT score of 21 or higher. So if you're a student who currently doesn't have a 2.6 or is not in the 
top 50% of your class, you take the required ACT and score 21 or higher, now suddenly you might be looking at college, whereas you previously maybe were not. Um, so I think that's something to definitely consider because that that opens doors that don't maybe currently exist for students or maybe just opens their eyes to, oh, I could go to college, look at what the score is that I received on the ACT. For those who are not college bound, um, maybe they can't afford college. Mm -hmm. Is that wasting their time to, to have them take this test? And then how does it impact if they do the, I'm gonna fill in the bubbles and walk out the door as far as the, the state average? The state average, it's likely will it will go down. Right now about 60% of South Dakota students take the ACT and most of them are college bound and um, have proven that they can find success in college. So it is very possible our state average will go down and there are students who still won't care. But I, uh, I have no doubt that there'll be more students who do care now even though there'll still be a handful who, who don't. And we will have more reliable and valid data that teachers and schools can look at in order to make curriculum decisions and impact student learning for the better. When, when a huge number of students don't put their full effort, effort into an exam, the data means nothing. So let's talk about teaching to this test because this is a national test and previously it was a local standardized test content wise so it, it was it was South Dakota's test okay so how does that change how you teach to that test well I don't want to teach to a test that's that's no fun right like learning should be fun a classroom should be fun so we will work on skills that feel relevant and meaningful we'll still do lots of reading we'll still do, still do lots of writing but the ACT is very transparent. There's a lot of transparency in what the ACT is testing students on and how they're testing those students. And so it does give me a clearer picture of what, what skills, what knowledge students need. The state assessment we've had up to, up to now is, is an enigma to me. I know there are ways to learn about how questions are asked and what questions are asked. And I've looked at those, but I still don't feel like I have a firm grasp on what is being asked and how it's being asked. And so mm. I'm excited because the ACT is so transparent. Mm. Jackie, say more about that because the, the question on the table is really, does the classroom instruction change? Does it need to change or will it sort of naturally change as this adjustment is made? for juniors? Mm -hmm. I mean, my favorite answer to all questions anymore is it depends. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I would say when I was in the Chicago Public Schools, they offered a free ACT to every junior. And we, um, at the school I was at, there was kind of an agreement amongst all of us, especially in the English area, that if we were giving a multiple choice reading passage, like if that was a practice we were planning on doing it anyway, then we would put it in ACT's format so that students would start to become more familiar with the way those questions are organized. And so if it was information that I was, I was already planning on having them read X passage, right, as part of the design I was going to do, and I wanted them to answer a few just kind of like standard questions about that passage, I would put it in the format of the ACT. And so then students kind of had the practice of seeing what a reading passage on the ACT looked like and what the questions 
how they were organized just organically in my class. Did that change that I still had Socratic seminars and that we still read for a comprehension and for enjoyment? Absolutely not. But if I was already planning to do something that had kind of that standard, hey, I just need to you to show me that you've read this and that you've comprehended it, I would put it in the, the format of the ACT. So when my daughter took this test, a lot of her preparation had to do with learning how to take the test. Mm-hmm. Part of it was the information, the knowledge she had gained, her ability to think critically. But part of the practice test was, you know, managing my time, mm-hmm. figuring out if I don't know an answer. And it was different than what she had learned in a lot of standardized testing in, in her previous, you know, high school and middle school career. So how much of your time, Gina, then becomes teaching this test-taking strategy? Because I teach an advanced placement class, they mm-hmm. have a standardized test as well. In fact, it's made by the same company that makes SAT. And so I have a lot of experience with this. I've taught AP for 21 years. And that test prep you're talking about doesn't take that much time. I'll Uh, call her and tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my personal experience. Your daughter is phenomenal. (laughs) We we all already knew that. No, she felt the pressure. She felt the pressure. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. the opposite of that. She felt like she had to work that much harder. Mm It was not easy for her. It took Mm -hmm. a ton of time. And you're saying that maybe it shouldn't take that much time for most kids? I will say that in the classroom, with regard to classroom time, I, with the eight, with regard to the AP exam, I can teach those strategies pretty quickly and easily, and they don't take a lot of class time. And I think there are students who will be extra motivated to do more outside of class mm-hmm. and, and good for them. But to help, help most students, teachers can very quickly do that, that test prep. And ultimately, helping students <clears throat> become curious and think critically is the best test prep. And that doesn't have to be done with multiple choice practice. Yeah. Um, Jackie, talk about measuring the schools. What do we gain and lose from switching to this new kind of testing as far as what we know about how a school is performing? You know, I think the that's inherent in all standardized tests. You know, like I had a student write to appeal to take a, a test another time the other day, and she said, you know, this test does measure my my skills in reading and writing and math, but it doesn't measure my heart. And I feel like that's true for all standardized tests, that we get certain pieces of information about how students are performing on a certain day, um, but we don't get the full human picture of what's happening in that school. And I think that those pieces that are not always measured are incredibly important. Um, I also think it's important to remember it's a snapshot of one day in time. All of these tests, if they were taken when students were in a different mood on a different day, have a a fair amount of variance. And those who take the ACT repeatedly will see that, that their score might go up or down just Mm -hmm. based on, um, sometimes it's because they've studied more or prepared more, and other times it's because they are grumpy that morning and so it didn't go as well for them. Um, (laughs) You know, tests are are measured on humans and so we have a lot of variability. Um, So just to summarize, I think that that's kind of inherent in all tests that we do and because they are required both federally and at a state level, that's going to be, no matter what test we're giving, part of the conversation. Yeah, which brings me to my next question. A lot of these colleges are not, they're moving away from that being a big factor to acceptance. So Gina mentioned scholarships are important, but Jackie, are we trending away from these tests in general? And if so, what next? 
Yeah. Right now, the ECT is still an option for a way to get in. So that's how I'm viewing this opportunity yeah. is that, you know, you could have the GPA, you could be in the top 50% of your class, or you could have the ACT score. Um, and so this now is a new option for students if they get that ACT score their junior year and didn't have the other two requirements, it's a new way in. Um, but yeah, I think it is an interesting um, point of conversation that's happening nationally. There is this conversation around both at the college and at the K through 12 level, what tests are we wanting to give and why and when are we giving them? I was scared of that test too. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Gina, let's talk about test anxiety mm -hmm. a little bit before, before we go because it can be, there are going to be students who feel like that test was for the quote unquote smart kids or the ambitious kids and they're going to get their scores and hold them up against, you know, some unrealistic expectations. This is the thing that breaks the heart of teachers yeah. every time we have standardized tests that are mandated by especially the state and the federal government because we have students who have just arrived in the United States who have to take the exam, as oh. in just arrived last week. <laughs> oh, God. And they have to take the exam. Mm. And also students who have very, very difficult learning issues, mm -hmm. uh, reading disabilities, that kind of thing. And so it is an it can be incredibly discouraging for students. That is to say that we've got two different conversations going on here. Where my blog is, is that the ACT is better than our current exam. Do I think a world without standardized tests like this would be wonderful? Maybe. Um, that's a whole nother discussion, whether the test is, all the testing is something should be done. I will say this. I think there are too many tests, that's my personal opinion, mm. too much standardized testing, but some is good. It's good for accountability. It's good to help us see where our curriculum is strong and where it's weak. When we do it too much, students become fatigued and the test itself loses value to the students. 